Hello and welcome. You are officially listening to the Laugh It Off podcast with Megan Ulrich Krieger. Grab your wine, water, whiskey, whatever, and stay tuned for some good laughs and some tidbits to help you become the best version of yourself. Hey, y'all, and happy Wednesday. Welcome back for another episode of the Laugh It Off podcast. I'm so excited to have you all back. And as you can tell from today's uh, episode title, it is going to be a little bit of a heavier episode because it is Eating Disorder Awareness Week. And that's exactly what I wanted to do with today's episode is bring awareness to something that is literally the second deadliest mental illness and something that I think just doesn't necessarily fly under the radar. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but kind of flies under the radar. Uh, I'm going to talk a lot about our first like impressions of how we get taught and educated about what eating disorders are versus how common they actually are, how they actually affect people in the day-to-day life. Um, I obviously do not have qualifications, certifications to give advice about eating disorder, eating disorder recovery, but I did just want to bring some awareness to it. And I am going to share my experience with eating disorder culture, things that I have been through, and quite frankly, how closely related diet culture is to eating disorders, something that I think we also don't talk enough about. So this is also your content trigger warning. Like, obviously, this is going to be what we are talking about today. So please listen at your discretion and uh, take care of yourselves. And please know my inbox is always open. I, as I said, I am not an expert. I'm not qualified to give advice. But I am absolutely here for you if you are somebody who is struggling and you haven't told anybody. If you are somebody who is struggling and you don't know, like, who to talk to, like, please, please, please know that my inbox uh, DMs on Instagram are always, always open for you. So just take that as your, your content trigger warning for today's episode as well. And at the end, if you stay tuned at the end, um, I'm going to talk about what you can expect in some upcoming episodes. I'm finally getting a rhythm of some things. I have some amazing guest interviews coming up for you all, which I cannot freaking wait for. I am so, so excited and I'll be dropping my new email for any email requests, suggestions, stories, all the things will be at the end of this episode. So even if you are not wanting to be here for the eating disorder discussion, please feel free to skip ahead if you want to hear any of that stuff. And I do, I mean, we obviously just started recording, but I do feel like today's episode might be short and sweet just because I do not have qualifications to go super far into what you can do, but I did just want to spread awareness and just share my experience of things that I have also learned about eating disorders with you all. The first thing is, so when I when I started diving deep into this body positivity platform, this body acceptance platform is the first time my eyes were really opened to just how similar diet culture and eating disorders are. I do not personally think I have ever had an eating disorder necessarily, but I definitely have experienced patterns of disordered eating throughout majority of my life thanks to a lot of the dieting that I have experienced and diets that I have tried that lead to disordered eating. For me, it never became a full-on eating disorder, but there are an estimated 20 million women and 10 million men in the United States alone 
who have eating disorders. And I think a lot of the ways or a lot of the reasons that people can kind of slip through the cracks or slip from being on a diet to having an eating disorder is because of our lack of education on just how intricate eating disorders even are. When you think back to high school, junior high, I know for me, this is my exact memory of the eating disorder unit in health class. All you learn about are, quote, extreme, quote, cases of anorexia and bulimia. And that's it. It kind of stigmatizes the extremely thin people who they use as examples to educate us on what an eating disorder is. And that's about it. So for a lot of us, it's easy on the outside looking in to say, oh, well, I don't, I don't look like that, right? Or I don't need to be admitted to a hospital. Or, oh God, fuck, what is the one, the one, it's all scare tactics, right? Like, um, I'm trying to think of some of the stats that we, we learned about anorexia and how women can stop menstruating. I remember that scared the shit out of me. And so in my head, I'm like, well, I don't have that problem. So I, it would have never crossed my mind that I could have ever had an eating disorder. And this can be really dangerous too. If we're only using examples of people who are already thin, who lose weight as that's who has an eating disorder, not only does this stigmatize thin people to begin with, but this also creates that crack for mid-sized people, plus-sized people, and even men, because again, almost all of the examples they gave us in health, health class were women, to fall through the cracks. There's this like TikTok audio or like TikTok quote um, where it goes something like, if you develop an eating disorder when you are already thin, it's, it's dangerous, right? Or like people take notice, people care. But if you develop an eating disorder when you are not thin to begin with, you're considered a success story. And that is extremely dangerous in our society, in a society that idealizes thinness, a society that normalizes diet culture, normalizes restrictive eating, a society that normalizes over-exercising. It, it creates a really big crack for all 30 million people in the United States to fall through and not even not even get noticed or be cared for, even know themselves that they may have or be struggling with an eating disorder. And there's more than just freaking anorexia and bulimia. There is numerous, numerous eating disorders. Uh, Some of the other ones I wanted to bring light to were binge eating disorder, overexercising, orthorexia, like, and the list goes on. It's not just people who restrict what they eat and people who purge after eating or after a binge. There, there's so much more that goes into it. I'm not going to go into the specifics of what each of these are and how they present and things like that, mainly because I don't want to bore you guys with Meg's version of health class, but I also don't want to trigger anybody who is listening who may be struggling with an eating disorder by literally listing out what what they do. 
<laughs> but I will link uh, an article from Healthline into the show notes in case you did want to learn more about some of these specific eating disorders and about different eating disorders that are out there. But one thing that I did find that I thought was horrifying and fascinating at the same time when I was just re- researching more in detail. So if we were to describe, so the description of anorexia nervosa on this specific article is, says, uh, people with anorexia generally tend to view themselves as overweight, even if they're dangerously underweight. They tend to constantly monitor their weight, avoid eating certain food types, and severely restrict their calories. Do you want to know what else in America has those same traits? Diets. Diets in America, every diet I've ever tried, ever done, does those same things. Let me read them again. Uh, Continuously monitoring weight, avoid eating certain food types, and severely restrict their calories. Y'all, the vivid memories I have of weighing myself every day, being deathly fucking afraid of carbs, and for sure not eating enough calories in a day. So I wanted to also share some other statistics from a great, great post that I found on Instagram, actually. It's the Made of Millions nonprofit Instagram account. I will link them in the show notes, and I'll probably also share this on my story the day that this airs. Uh, But it pretty much just says, so let's talk about eating disorders, eating disorder awareness week. Every 52 minutes, somebody dies as a result of an eating disorder. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, it is the second deadliest mental illness. And this is the the post that I pulled that statistic from. About 26% of people with eating disorders attempt suicide. With anorexia, dying by suicide can be 56 times more likely. And this is my favorite part of the post. Studies show that the best-known environmental contributor to the development of eating disorders is the socio-cultural idealization of thinness. Exactly what I just said. Uh, It goes on to say, teasing, ostracizing, and discriminating against people of larger bodies often contributes to onset of eating disorders. This post actually reminded me of an amazing post from an amazing registered dietitian in Minnesota who will be guest speaking with us on the podcast. I cannot wait. Her Instagram account is mamastay underscore well. Her name is Liz Winky, I think it is, is her last name. And I had reshared this post from her on Valentine's Day that said, PSA, children are 242 times more likely to develop an eating disorder than type 2 diabetes. How we talk about food and bodies with our kids matters far more than how much sugar they eat on Valentine's Day or any other day. And when I tell you that post hit me like a fucking bag of bricks, because I've heard so many of your guys' stories telling me that you have gone to the doctor even in your childhood and been accused of being overweight already or being stigmatized for your weight at the doctor's office or being put on diets as a child. And it's just so heartbreaking that we as a society would rather shame somebody for the size of their body or the food that they eat with no regard to how 
that can affect somebody's mental health. This is why I also think the way that we think, feel, and talk about bodies in our society is huge. Like, if we can work to dismantle fat phobia, do you know how much relief that would bring to all people? Not not just fat people. Dismantling fat phobia will not just liberate fat people. It will liberate everybody. Everybody who has ever struggled with body image because our society says that we have to be a certain size to be considered attractive, to be worthy of love, to be worthy of success. Like, this is all rooted in fat phobia, and it can manifest in so many different and dangerous ways in our society. Like, the way we talk and think and feel about bodies is so important and weighs so heavy on so many of us. There's also a quote from Shailene Jones. Uh, She's an executive director at the Eating Disorders Nova Scotia uh, that says, over-exercising, being really restrictive with our food, clean eating, these are all characteristics that are typically associated with eating disorders, but are also widely seen as virtuous. Sufferers hide in plain sight because so many of the behaviors associated with eating disorders have become normalized in our culture. So I want to just take some time to sit with that because while I am somebody who doesn't really identify with ever having had an eating disorder before, I can name numerous times where my habits or things that I thought I was doing that were healthy could have crossed the line into what could be qualified as an eating disorder. Yet I thought what I was doing was so normal and healthy even because that's it's just so ingrained and normalized. I also have vivid memories. I don't know if you all remember Tumblr or if you were on Tumblr much. I was a Tumblr geek back in the day and I remember getting onto anorexia Tumblr like, blogs. It was, like, it was a a thing, like, a trend, almost. It it was, like, Anna. It it was just shortened to ANA. So, you wouldn't, like, actually search, like, anorexia. But I remember repinning things that were, like, anorexia-inspired. Or back in the day when we would call it thinspo. That is, that is eating disorder culture. Like, fitspo can sometimes align with eating disorder culture when we consider that the fact that compulsive exercising is a form of an eating disorder. And so I remember discovering this literally as a child too and would have never known how dangerous being inspired by thinspo or anorexia blogs could have been. Because again, I was somebody in a mid-sized body. I've always been in a mid mid to plus size body my entire life. I've never been skinny that even if I had ever had a full-blown eating disorder, it would have 100% gone unnoticed for sure. And so that's what, honestly, I just kind of wanted to share some of that, the research that I found and some of that, my own personal experience with learning how closely related Uh, eating disorders and diet culture can be and just really coming to terms with my own personal 
disordered eating, uh, aspirations to become the thinnest version of myself. And yeah, and just let you all know too that you're not alone. I think there's so many of us who struggle with disordered eating, eating disorders, and nobody fucking knows about it, that it can be hard. It can be really, really heavy and really fucking hard. And I just want to be here to remind you that, like, you're worthy, your body is beautiful, your soul is beautiful, your mental health and your physical health are equally as important, and that you're in a safe place here uh, in my DMs. You're in a you're you're in a safe place, and it is safe to it's safe to not weigh yourself for a day. Like it's safe to delete your calorie counting apps for a week. It's safe to skip the gym. It is it is safe to gain weight. You know, if at the root of this problem is the fear of gaining weight, like, it is safe to do that. You will still be loved. You are still worthy. No matter what size you are or what the scale says. Two other stats, real quick, that I totally forgot that I wanted to share with you all um, are about how eating disorders can also affect people in minority groups. I, I chatted about this way back when, when I did my first few episodes, when I did the survey out to all of you about what age you were when you first started dieting, when you first started feeling self-conscious, yada, yada, yada. And I divvied this up and found that the rates were younger for people of color and younger for people in the LGBTQ community. That is still the case with eating disorders as well. BIPOC folks are half as likely to be diagnosed or receive treatment for an eating disorder, and 40% of those with binge eating disorder are male. Gay men are seven times more likely to report binge eating disorder and 12 times more likely to report purging. So I think that is also really important to consider too, is how our society's standards and societal norms of beauty and body type continue to affect people in minority groups at a higher rate. And before we close this out, because like I said, this is a little bit of a heavy episode, I wanted to also share some amazing affirmations that I found for you all. Uh, I'll link these in the show notes too, because this is also from an Instagram account whose handle is I'm Dioniza. I will link her as well. She actually talks about her mental health and experiences with anorexia on her Instagram. So definitely give her a follow. Continue to diversify that newsfeed. Um, so affirmations for bad body image days. Quote, I also have days where I feel better about my body. This feeling will pass. I appreciate my body and the things I get to do with it. My worth doesn't depend on my appearance. I get to do the things I enjoy, no matter what I look like. The way I feel is more important than the way I look. I don't have to look a certain way to treat myself kindly. I'm worthy of love, respect, and care, no matter what I look like. 
So I wanted to leave you all with some of those affirmations that you can write down, say to yourself each day if you are somebody who struggles with this. And like I said, I'm always open to talk and to support as well. So thank you all for tuning in to today's episode. Even though it was a little bit of a heavier topic, I just really wanted to dedicate this episode to the Eating Disorder Awareness Week. Now, what you can look forward to in coming episodes. Man, this one was shorter than others too. That's okay. (laughs) Uh, What you guys can look forward to. So I plan to go on an every other week uh, schedule with, so there'll be an episode every week. My gosh, that sounded bad. Every other week will be a guest interview though. So it'll go guest interview, solo pod, guest interview, solo pod. And I have a ton of amazing guests and I'm also taking requests for episodes now. My email address is laughitoffwithmeg at gmail.com. So whether it be feedback, questions, episode requests, uh, guest requests, if you're like, hey, can you try and get this person on? pretty, pretty please shoot me an email or a DM. But some of the guests that you can look forward to hearing from, I, uh, next week I have my friend and sex coach and physician's assistant, uh, Jordan Donnell. She also has a podcast. She's going to actually be coming on and talking to us about all things dating, which I'm very excited about. Uh, She's going to be talking about navigating dating in your 30s in a pandemic, uh, confidence with new relationships, meeting new people. She's kind of lived all over many different states, and she's met people all over in many different states. So Jordan will be on with us next week. It's honestly just, it's a fun episode too. I'm super excited about that. And then future guests I have coming on, I have my friend Denise Marsh, who is a mindset coach, which I'm excited for that episode. I think you guys are going to love her. I have Izzy Bullock, who is a a disabled content creator, and she's going to be talking all things disability with confidence, uh, disability and sexuality. And so those are just some of the upcoming episodes. Oh, and then obviously the one with Liz, uh, she's going to actually be coming on talking to us about intuitive eating. And I can't wait because I wanted to talk about intuitive eating with you all because that is the practice I have taken on since I quit dieting. But y'all, I am no expert at it and I am excited to be, be bringing an expert on. So I'm excited to start up that every other guest interview schedule and then I plan to get your pulse on what you like more. If you like the every other, if you love the guests and you want all guest episodes, I'm just super, super excited to get your guys' feedback and to start bringing in new perspectives for you all. It is just going to be freaking awesome. So with that being said, uh, my email again is laughitoffwithmeg at gmail.com. Oh, I freaking forgot this too. I'm going to be dropping swag soon. (laughs) So we are going to be having Laugh It Off t-shirts, Laugh It Off mugs, Laugh It Off notebooks, um, shirts that say fuck your goal body. Like, I am so excited, you guys. Um, I have a branding photo shoot, uh, next week for some of the merch. And then once I get those back, I will officially launch it all for you. So stay tuned for that. If you want to wrap some of your favorite Laugh It Off swag, that will be coming to you. 
And yeah, I don't remember what else I was saying. Email address, uh, make sure you're following me at Megan Loves Your Face on Instagram. It's one of the easiest ways to connect with me and probably the most responsive on Instagram. So make sure you're following me there. Make sure you share this episode or any of the episodes. Just share an episode with a friend. And leave a review. Uh, The written reviews help other people find me. I also just discovered there's a category on iTunes that is called New and Noteworthy Podcasts. I did not know things like this existed. I was just doing this for fun. But apparently you can get on there if you have a new podcast and you have a lot of good reviews. (laughs) So if you want to help a girl out, take some time, write a written review on the pod. I would absolutely love you forever. So that is what I have for you all. Uh, go forth, love your damn selves, and I'll chat with you next week. Okay, love y'all. <laughs>